This show is sponsored by IdealWorkspace.com, which promotes a healthier way of working through their adjustable standing desk. Check out their latest smart adjustable standing desk at Altizen.com. A-L-T-I-Z-E-N.com. Welcome to Analyze Asia, the podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of business, technology, and media in Asia. In this episode, I speak to Yu Chin Han, the CEO of Appier, an AI startup from Taiwan and where the state of artificial intelligence will lead in 2018. Hi, Chi Han. Hi, Bernard. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Where are you based in? I'm based in Taipei, but actually I travel to Singapore and Tokyo and other Asian cities quite often. Yes, many thanks for having this interview with me. And I'm talking to Chihan Yu, co-founder and CEO of Appier. And this company is dealing with in the field of artificial intelligence and have recently raised a CVC round. But before that, getting into the conversation of Appier and artificial intelligence, I would like to get to know you better. So Chihan, how do you start your career? If we want to talk about my AI career, it really starts around 15 years ago. And when I was actually in my senior year in college, I was quite intrigued by the uh, mystery of uh, face recognition algorithms, and which is like, um, in my pattern recognition class. That was the first time that I had a close interaction with uh, AI. Then I got really interested in, in the AI domain and studied a lot of uh, face recognition and also pattern recognition research article back when I was uh, early 20s. Then when I was uh, 23, I decided to pursue my career further in AI. So I went to a Stanford AI lab as a graduate student. And I think back 12, 13 years ago, Military Defense was actually a major sponsor agency for a lot of AI research because AI was not a very hot field back, back then, not unlike now. At Stanford Artificial Intelligence Lab, I worked on a few robotics projects, including how to make deck robots, autonomous learn and, and the balance and walk and negotiate arbitrary terrains, and also how to make a self-driving car move. And I think 10 years ago, and roughly in 2005, 12 years ago, I think uh, the major concern of AI is actually computational scalability. So basically, to make a machine to do uh, decision-making in real time with a lot of decision to make at the same time is actually a major concern for AI developments. So in 2005, I decided to pursue my uh, PhD in distributed artificial intelligence because we believe it was the right solution to solve this major bottleneck of the field. And so I went to Harvard University studying in the self-organizing system lab in which we studied a lot how we um, inspired by biological collective behaviors how our cells or how a school of fish uh, can coordinate themselves with our centralized leader, which is a major com- computational constraint part, but still can emerge very intelligent behaviors. I study a lot about this type of algorithm, try to help the AI system to be able to make intelligence decisions without centralized and computationally constrained centralized uh, computation units. And then I completed my PhD in that field and also was uh, selected as one of the uh, top theses back then. And then 2010, with the passion of making AI impact in the real world. So because during my PhD work, I actually applied this type of algorithm in various types of robotic application, including transformer robot, medical robot, etc. But I really want to see the impact of a human life back when I graduated. So I we started a company together, and my co-founder was large-scale system experts. And then so we have a very good uh, combination of expertise. 
and the and complement each other's uh, in, in terms of personality and technical skill quite well. So we decided to start a company together. We start as a game AI company back in 2010. Then we pivot to uh, current enterprise AI company back in 2012. Let's go Appier. Then we have built our companies uh, since then. Now Appier is serving uh, 1,000 customers across Asia, uh, 1,000 large enterprise customers across Asia. And also we have a, a, a strong and also dedicated computer scientists working on using AI to make impact in people and people's life. So you actually have a very interesting journey starting from being in academia and then subsequently built your own startup company that lead to the founding of Appy itself. So in your career journey so far, what are the interesting lessons you have learned? I think uh, one very important lesson uh, that I've learned is to one, need to be persistent. Because back in 2005, when we tried to propose distributed AI system that can solve a scalability problem over AI, actually nobody believed us. And we persist on that for five years. And eventually, we proved that such AI system can actually generate very intelligent behavior. And frequently, my work was uh, recognized by the field. That's something that we, we couldn't imagine. Because I st- we started the, the laboratory with our advisor we had very, very uh, little resource back then. That's one uh, lesson that I've learned about that. And then in an app year, we actually didn't start the company when the AI has become hot. We start pretty much nobody paid attention to artificial intelligence. We have been quite persistent in and try to drive the innovation of AI and have it really impact to real world applications such as enterprise solution in marketing or data usage, data intelligence and as well as other fields. And we have been very persistent in innovating the approaches and also make impact. So persistence is probably the, uh, the most important learn that I have in my uh, career so far. So that comes to the main topic of the day. Actually, it's two topics. So the first is the company app here and it's founded by Joe Su, Winnie Lee and yourself. And it started in 2012. And I think currently it is in Series C and I think raised about a total of over US 82 million from various investors. So most notable, I know is Sokoa Capital, SoftBank Group, Naval Line, and of course you through WI Harper, there is Alibaba and then through Pavilion Capital, you have Tamasic and also Singapore's Economic Development Board Investments, which people call EDBI, is also an investor of the company. And it's probably interesting because you started right before the AI hype actually happened. So I think it's good to have a CEO of a company to be on my show. So one of the, my first questions usually I want to ask you is what's the mission and vision of Appier? Yeah, we have a very simple and also one of the mission that we are very serious about is making artificial intelligence easy. In particular, we want to help enterprises to solve the most challenging problems with AI. So that's something that really drives us to work very hard every day. And we have been, been dedicated to this goal and this mission in, in our entire company. What's the backstory behind your company, Appier? I know you mentioned that you work with your co-founder and started off as a I think an AI with gaming company and subsequently you pivot into doing enterprise AI. So how's the backstory of, of your company came about until in the state that it is today then? Yeah, I'd love to share about our journey. So I think in late 2010, when we just started the company with our co-founders, that was we mainly focused on AI engine for games. So basically making avatar or the game character being able to imitate human behaviors such that the online game player can feel more interesting that 
they have a lot of characters or have a lot of non-player character that can play with even their their, their friend have locked out the game. So back then that was our innovation. We thought that's a great idea. And then so we tried to push at least AI engine to allow game company, but that didn't work out because a lot of game company they thought they didn't actually think uh, AI is a very important com- component for games. So we subsequently made our games and tried to demo our AI capability, but game was gaming and also game design and also animation and arts, et cetera, were not our expertise. So our game didn't work out very well. That's, that's one day, one of our customers, they look at our background and look at our game, saying that uh, we, I have a lot of user data. Uh, since you guys are, you know data, there's no such notion of AI back then. So he, he didn't mention about AI even. You, you guys know data. Why don't you just uh, process some of our user data for us? And that was uh, back in 2012. We actually got our first meaningful revenue by helping one of the game company that we tried to cooperate with. And by analyzing the user data, we actually built a very simple AI algorithm to help them to recommend the, the most suitable game for each of the users. And so recommendation engine, basically. So that worked out very well. We lived, successfully uh, lived their, uh, on their performance by two folks with a very simple AI algorithm. And then we found our value in industry. We found that through serving a lot of uh, companies, in particular back then was a mobile apps or mobile game company, we might be able to uh, change the world. So we start experimenting all kinds of projects, how, what kind of tool or platform we can provide to mobile app or internet companies. And more broadly, now we serve also non-inter- non-traditional internet company. And or like, for example, financial industry, etc. But back then we focus on uh, internet companies only. And then we observe there's actually a big need in back into on top is that device fragmentation is a very important problem back then. And this is a big challenge for a lot of internet companies because they have been quite successful in the PC domain. But when it comes to mobile apps, and they found there's a gap to bridge the user from one, one type of device to the others. We invent CrossX, so basically a way now we can pair uh, user, user and their device ownerships without explicit logins data through only behavior a loss. That was actually what I regard as a very a, a great foundation for our company because we then can bridge all the digital data across different devices. So basically we can unify the fragmented device world through a unified to the people view instead of a single device view. That actually leads to a lot of innovation on top because building on top of that framework, then we we will be able to know our users much better across different devices they interact with on a daily basis. Then we subsequently build our advertising solution, the marketing solutions, and also ISON, which is a data intelligence solution that help business to do uh, audience predictions and the predictive segmentation of their audience and et cetera. So now we have a large user uh, database that we can unify their uh, multiple device data and empower our customer being able to understand their uh, customer much better. So that has been our journey, starting from finding our value in the industry, then through fast experimentation and fast iteration, then finally reach one solution or one platform that can actually make a large impact to the industry. So that's what I would characterize our journey has been. It was a pretty interesting journey because you have to actually find the product market fit to get to what AI could actually work for different companies, whether it's in the internet world or even the traditional industries itself. What I'm pretty curious is that who are behind the team in Appier, given that you have also recently made a couple of high-profile hires 
like for example Sean Chu from Microsoft, my friend Junta Yu from App Annie, who was also on the show and he was in the App Annie, and also Charles Ng from Copang. So I'm pretty curious to know what is the team and how do you actually got all these high profile hires to join you? I would characterize Appia as a collection of strong individuals. We are more important. We are a team. So we are a team of, uh, of with the same missions and also passion. For us, like we actually have, it's more importantly what we have great R&D talents, great business talent, but they all working toward to the, the same goal. I think that's more important. And but originally, we uh, the founding team is actually allowed us that have a very uh, uh, same background from academia or industrial research, but with very solid and deep understanding of artificial intelligence and infrastructure around it. And the, we so we can build so the high impact real application quickly, and also we can based on this thing we can innovate fast. Can you give me some insight into the AI technology that you use in your products? Yeah, we use AI in pretty much in every aspects of our products. So just give you a few. So one is in the foundation fundamental layers that we have this uh, cross X, which can identify the ownership of the devices. What are the devices belong to the same user or same family or same group of people, and just through a behavior instead of explicit logging. That's a sort of fundamental layer. And on top of that, we have user behavior modeling. So how will user interact with the device across the day and what kind of business intent and also personal interest that they have. We also use AI to infer that. On top of that, we have a marketing solutions, which is cross-X targeting solutions in which that we help business to reach their user at the right time and the right device with the right context and with the right messages. And now we also use AI to predict all these four important factors. What are the, the right combinations? And that can even uh, subsequently drive marketing efficiency and higher ROI for our customers. And for our ISEN platform, we pretty much we further empower our customer with their own in-house AI capabilities. Because building a data science team and data pipeline is a quite tedious process, uh, it costs a lot as, as well. So we, our platform make our customers can easily leverage our data and then to, to perform their own prediction. For example, predict their user behavior and predict who will purchase their this product and who will purchase their new service, who will not continue using their service, etc. Those important uh, business questions we can help them to predict without spending a lot of time building an AI team to do those. So basically, we empower them with data and also algorithms, and which is uh, the two most important elements of the uh, in building successful AI applications. So these are the places that we use AI. So basically, that's what excites me about. So we uh, there are a lot of problems that we can solve with that. That I'll come, I'll, I'll call it usually can envision this interesting aspect of that and use AI to solve it. And more recently, we also have used AI as a creativity can actually generate novel design for e-commerce. So such such is kind of a, this this is not like a commercial application, but we we do have this kind of a small project in our company that we consistently innovate. I have actually worked in machine learning or artificial intelligence when I was working in the human genome project and also in cosmology, and we were using a lot of supervised learning. So in working with the kind of business problems that you have, do you actually apply more supervised learning or unsupervised learning that will include with uh, deep learning or things like neural networks? Yeah, we use uh, all kind, uh, a lot of uh, cutting-edge approaches. To me, supervised or unsupervised learning both have its uh, tremendous value. Uh, so some, 
sometimes if we have supervised label of the data, of course, supervised learning can give us a very high performance. But nowadays, unsupervised learning, uh, in which in, in, uh, in a lot of real-world applications we might not have uh, labeled, we can use a supervised learning to uh, give us very interesting results, the learning the distribution through unsupervised data, and pretty much learn the generative process of how those distribution, how those data emerge. And that, those actually have those is benefit. I would say supervised learning create more, in, sometimes give us more immediate effect when we have a low stable data. And supervised learning help us to understand better the structural problems. I am actually seeing the field actually emerge into uh, both sides. And the both sides actually have a tremendous success recently. And in our company, we use uh, both depending on application and also depending on the label data accessibility of the applications. So as I understand that Appear helps enterprise to solve their business problems, can you discuss a bit more about your product, the Appear Axion platform, or the other services which you use to address customer problems? Yeah, so fundamentally, we have a cross-screen layer, which is a large user database that we capture the multiple cross-device behavior, cross-screen behavior of the users. And how that is a large database that have two billion uh, device behaviors that we capture the user's behavior in different devices. On top of that, we have CrossX, which is a marketing uh, solutions. Use that data to target the customer at the right time, and right moments, and with the right, right context and right messages. Basically, what it brings to a customer is that more effective user acquisition costs and higher ROI and also more flexible in terms of their marketing strategy. And imagining that our customers uh, can be an e-commerce website that the, the user engage with uh, the e-commerce site through multiple devices. And in the morning, someone actually check in their mobile phone and see one item that they are very interested in. And we collect that data and bridge it to the other device. When some when this person again is available, is checking, has more free time, remind this person that you have some items that you're interested in. Maybe it's a good time to purchase because it is currently has discount. And then we remind the user and then purchase it. And then we generate the value for the user and as well as we generate the value for the commerce. So that's the one solution that we provide to the market. And second is ISON. ISON, we are trying to address a problem. If we look at the current AI application, there are three most important foundations, the most important elements. One is data, one is algorithm, and one is application that you want to try to solve. Or you can characterize the application as action you want to take. The business actually comes in based on one problem is where I don't have sufficient data. Or I only have data of my website, but I don't know what else my what other behavior that my customer has. In terms of algorithm, usually the, the main challenge is building the data pipeline is very time consuming. And secondly, choosing the right algorithms and getting the right parameter tuned and also finding the right scientists to work on the problem is very challenging. So we help company and business to overcome these two challenges. So basically, we have two billion devices, a large user database. We help our customer to leverage on top of data to make much more precise predictions. Imagine that if you have your own data, but you can also combine with uh, the data that, out, that a custom, your customer might have outside your, your domain, outside your store, outside your website. With this behavior, more complete behavior data, you absolutely can make a more precise predictions. And second is in the algorithm side, because we have worked in a consumer prediction field for a long time, we know what kind of algorithm works and what kind of parameter learning actually parameter optimization will generate best results. We automate that for our customers. So eventually that they can, it might take a month or even years to solve one business problem through AI. We help them to, to solve it within minutes. 
So that's our vision, and that's the direction that we are working towards. Based on our large-scale user database, which is we actually build multiple applications right in on top of that to help our customers to solve various different problems. So that's our vision, and that's the, the, the direction that we're heading to. That's interesting. So one last question. So could you provide some examples in how Appier has helped enterprise in different verticals? Can you just sort of give me a little bit of sense of case studies that you have done so far? Yeah, for example, I want to use the example as one of our customers is a cosmetic company. They have website, they have, they have apps, they also have their CRM database. What we have done is first, we work with them with uh, cross X solutions to help them to, to drive effective customer acquisitions, to drive the, those customers to know that they have a free sample test in the offline store. So the customer utilize our cross access solutions, knowing what when is the right time and my right message to deliver to particular customers and they are interested. With a higher ROI, they will actually generate leads for our cosmetic company customer customers. After the customer visit the physical store, then then there's a CRM a record over there. And after we accumulate enough data, we actually move our customer to use our ISON product in which they can use a lot of different Title prediction capability. One of them is online to offline prediction. So use Ison. We can actually use our platform to unify the user's online behavior and with offline behavior. So they have online website data. They also offline CRM and logs. So what we do is we help them to predict uh, through this uh, study the relationship of uh, these two databases. We can predict which group of uh, online users is more likely to convert to the offline users through our prediction algorithm and prediction modules. In that case, we can help our customer, this cosmetic company, to take more proactive approach in terms of a customer service. If someone is already checking their product online, we can more proactively send them samples to their homes instead of the customer need to come to the stores. And so that's sort of one example that we, we help out with our customer. We've spoken a lot about Appier as an AI company. I thought maybe since I have you here, I should also ask you on some interesting perspectives on AI and where is it going. I guess the first question I have is, what are the key developments will be for AI at least in the next 12 months? Oh, I think we will see more and more applications. In particular, there are many, many, many domains that AI has a great potential that where we focus on is in terms of enterprise data or marketing. But other domains, for example, autonomous driving, as well as finance and also healthcare, etc. But one thing I, I, I think we will obviously see, and, and in particular we have seen recently, is those applications will go into with more and more companies that really adopt it and to solve a real-world business problem. We are seeing this trend very clearly. A lot of companies want to use AI, give a company more visibility in terms of their customer behavior, more better prediction capability to their business. And now we will see more and more companies adopt instead of make AI as a, only those leading internet companies has an AI algorithm. But a lot, a lot of other companies will adopt those solutions to really drive their business impact. That's one direction. And second, I think from the trends that I'm seeing from academia, I think AI will get in in a more creative works. For example, generate uh, imaginative works, making composed literatures, or to take more proactive in terms of generating idea in arts. I think those uh, directions are very exciting and we are seeing more and more academic work coming up. And some of them will also be able to commercialize someday. And third, more and more tasks will be passing what we say singularity points. Now we have fixed category recognition tasks 
that uh, for computer to see an image and to recognize which category it belongs to, that is already uh, past uh, what we call singularity point, that computer can perform better than human being. And we have a, a goal game, like AlphaGo, actually perform much better than a human champion. We'll see more and more this kind of uh, example, so past the singularity point, that computer can actually perform better than human being for the next 12 months. And lastly, we will see a, a faster and faster hardware. So hardware, in, in, in a sense, is driving and also facilitating the innovation of AI because making really the experiment cycle much shorter. We will continue seeing more and more hardware solutions that accelerate the development of AI. Recently, I've seen that uh, Google's uh, DeepMind can actually learn chess within four hours just by using the AI, something that DeepBlue took at least about 10 years to get to. So one interesting aspect in AI, and given that uh, both of us have worked on AI technology, is that it tends to make predictions based on existing data. That's basically we talk about supervised learning. And also you can do it with unsupervised learning by looking at a piece of data and see whether you can create the insights out from the data that you have. I, I guess I'm interested to know what are your thoughts when you have cases where it might overpredict. And then from your viewpoint, I guess from the platform of Appear, how do you compensate on cases where there might be a case of overprediction? Because you can put in a lot of data, but then sometimes it, it, it may try to fit you towards a certain view of what that insight could be. In the real world, I think there are a lot of technical approaches you can address that. Uh, one is uh, through a bit better uh, bias compensations. That's one one type of approach that uh, we generally use to to uh, avoid that, and also to look at a training example and testing sample and real real world environment and also your testing environments and to see what's the difference between what how these two distribution are different. That generally uh, the techniques that we use to help to solve that. But in reality, we are in a changing environment. A lot of times, our AI application is deployed in an environment that might have very uh, different outlook than when we train the systems. And then one way is actually aspect of AI is called lifelong learning. So basically, continuously uh, train the model, continuously to reinvent the model in the process of the, the, the lifetime of the applications. That's actually a promising direction to, to solve that. And in our company, we also adopt some approaches to solve that. That's interesting because recently I read this interesting science paper that one interesting aspect that AI might have to go is to figure out how to unlearn itself. It seems that the reason why humans could actually adapt to the environments actually because they have the capability of unlearning things as well. But I, I guess this is something that we will be seeing in, in the years to come. My final question before we get to the closing is a lot of people talk about the pros and cons of AI lately. I mean, I've interviewed Andrew Ng, formerly by, head of Baidu Research. He's very positive about the technology and its applications and think that AI will be doing good. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you're also thinking along the same lines in that view. And then there are people like Elon Musk who are very worried about the users and the need to regulate AI. What I'm interested in is your perspective where do you see AI as a technology and its impact to society? From an uh, AI researcher and also AI entrepreneur point of view, I think AI will definitely bring more beneficial points than uh, negative points. Of course, you will augment human beings' capability to solve tasks for human beings. At some times, we also, at some point of time, when uh, uh, a lot of machines have the what we call superhuman capability, we also need to regulate it to some extent. Yeah, and then we really need to 
although we haven't reached that point, we can need to actively regulate a lot of different type of AI activities. But at some point in time, when we see it really generate social impact and problems, we will, we will need to have a sort of a strong guidance and also principles to guide our development of, of artificial intelligence. Frankly speaking, most of AI developers and researchers or entrepreneurs, they are trying to use AI to have beneficial impact to the world. So I think such direction should will be embraced by a lot of us. I think if there's some regulation or some of the constraint need to impose to make the society good, that's also along the vision that we are pursuing. So I would say the community will embrace that. And the, uh, it's actually a lovely com- community. People are trying to drive the technical ex- excellence at the same time also try to drive the change of the world. And if that, that's necessary, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, it will be embraced by a community. Chen, many thanks for you coming on the show. So in closing, how do my audience find you? Yeah, you can find me on, on, on Facebook. And also you can also find our fan page on Facebook. And then we constantly update what we are doing and what our, our colleagues are doing in, inside app here. And do you have a LinkedIn account? Yes, I do. Yeah, so I think I will put a LinkedIn on so that people can connect to you as well if there are any AI projects. You can find me at Bernard Leung or at bernardleung.com. You can subscribe to us at iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Acast and TuneIn and of course Google Play in the US market. And of course, if you're in the iTunes store, please give us a five-star rating or recommend us with a star on Overcast. And of course, drop me your valuable feedback. Uh, Chihan, many thanks for coming on the show and I look forward to speak to you again someday. Thank you so much, Bernard.